0: So, Jesus invites all of us now to join at the table. God invites all of us, all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace as disciples of Jesus Christ, are welcome at the table. Whether you are here as a visitor, or here as a longtime member, or somewhere in between, you are welcome this night to join your brothers and sisters in Christ, and our Lord and Savior at the table. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I have sinned. I have not loved you with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I have not loved my neighbor as myself. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Prepare, my Prepare my heart to come and meet with you this night. Come and meet with Jesus In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. God loves you so much. God welcomes you at the table because of the forgiveness he offers. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift up the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
1: It is, right to be our thanks and
0: grace. it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. From the earth you bring forth bread and create the fruit of the vine. You formed us in your image and delivered us from captivity. You made covenant to be our sovereign God. You fed us manna in the wilderness and gave breaks as evidence of the promised land. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. When we had turned aside from your way and abused your gifts, you gave us in him your crowning gift. Emptying himself that our joy may be full, he fed the hungry, healed the sick, ate with the scorned and forgotten, washed his disciples' feet, and gave a holy meal as a pledge of his abiding presence. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave you thanks and praise. He gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood. Blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you the truth. I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on, until that day when I drink it anew with you, Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence of disciples of Jesus Christ the prayer he taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you. and there will be four stations and a station to uh, your right for gluten-free. Come, worship the Lord.
2: Celebrated the Passover. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Judas arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now Judas, the betrayer, had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, rabbi him. Jesus replied, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legion of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? At that time Jesus said to the crowd, am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled Then seizing Jesus, they led him away. Peter followed at a distance.
1: not going
3: to answer? What are these testimonies they're bringing against you? I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us, are you the Christ, the Son of God? Yes, it is as you say. I say to all of you, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of God, coming in the clouds of heaven. He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think?
2: looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken to him, saying, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. The people began to accuse him, saying, This man claims to be the
1: king of the Jews. Are you king of the Jews? Yes. You say. You hear the testimony they give to you? It is now time to speak in your defense. You must speak now to defend yourself. You must say something. Defend yourself. What kind of man are you?
4: It is customary to release a prisoner to you at the feast. Which shall I release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Barabbas! Which
3: shall I release to you? What then shall I do with Jesus who is called
1: Christ? Crucify him! What crime has this man committed? Crucify him! I am innocent of this man's blood.
4: It is your responsibility.
2: Pilate then released Barabbas to the crowd, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified.
3: They released Barabbas to them, but had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified, the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand, then they knelt in front of him and mocked him, Hail, King of the Jews, they said, Spit on him, took the staff, and struck him on the head again and again. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered, there, look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know. I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. But they shouted, take him away. Take him away and crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. The crown of thorns wasn't really necessary. Wasn't it enough that they humiliated him? Wasn't it enough that they beat him? How did this promote God's plan of loving the world? was not it bad enough that he had to be tortured and die? Did they have to jam a crown of thorns into his skull? But it's in all three Gospels. Three out of the four felt it was essential that we know that there was a crown of thorns. In the book of Genesis, in the very beginning of the Bible, when Adam and Eve had betrayed God, God said, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you'll eat from all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return." It will produce thorns. The thorns were the original curse of God, and it was the curse of God pressed into Jesus' flesh, ripping at his skull, tearing him open. The thorns are essential. They represent our sin, which crucified our God. 1 Corinthians says, he became sin. Who knew no sin. Go ahead, that's right. (laughs) God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We remember different versions, don't we, of the Bible? Our sin killed God's righteousness. Over the years, I've often wondered how can God die? God can't die, He's God. He can't die, this must have been a farce. This must have just been a show. Okay, maybe the human part of Jesus died, but, but, but why would that matter? And why would God even do such a thing? But God did die. He got, died to his right to have righteousness and perfection. To have the purity of complete innocence. God who knew no sin and could keep it from him by simply keeping us separated from him died to being perfect and became sin which is a death and an agony for God that we can't even imagine. When we forgive someone, we take the pain that they deserve. God took the sins of the world. First Peter tells us that he, he bore our sins. When they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, and he himself bore our sins, in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for the righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. For you were like sheep growing astray. But now you've returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Who's really the overseer of your soul? Who's our king? They crowned him with a crown of thorns to mock him king of the jews here's your crown and it ripped into his flesh and tore at his skull and he bled Acted him as a king who was powerless the thorns show up in the book of judges this might be something many of you are not familiar with the parable of the trees, when the trees gathered together to decide which tree should be king. Did you know in Judges chapter nine, there's a parable about the trees gathering together and they went to the olive tree and said, you should be our king. And the olive tree said, I'm too busy. I need to make the oil that soothes people and heals the nation, find someone else. So they went to the fig tree and the fig tree said, oh, but I produce the sweet fig. It feeds people and makes them feel pleasant. I can't be spending my time doing something else. You'll need to look elsewhere. So they went to the vine. And the vine said, I really should be king, but to tell you the truth, I make wine. Wine that makes even the gods themselves happy. Nonetheless, people, I can't stop making wine. And so they looked around and looked around and finally they came upon the bramble bush, the thorn bush. And the thorn bush said, yeah, I'll be your king. You can crawl on your belly and get in my shade. Be careful, you might be scratched. It'll probably rip you open. But after all, if I'm going to be king, that's how you're going to have to act. And if you act proud like the mighty cedars of Lebanon, I'll burn you down. Because I'm a king you don't want to mess with. The good people so often are too busy to provide leadership. They have other things to do that are so important and seem so necessary. We don't trust God to be our king. We want a human king we want someone who can lead us we demand it and we end up with a thorn so often don't we a leader that lowers us pushes us down and humiliates us provides us with very little shade demands our humility pricks at us and scratches at us and rips us open and if you oppose them they will burn you down That's the leader we want. You can hear the nation crying out for it. God is supposed to be our king. But the trees chose a thorn bush. A thorn bush. Because the thorn bush can protect them. Because the thorn bush is tough. Tough enough to keep them safe. He chose the Romans over God. They chose Barabbas, a terrorist, over Jesus. Because we want somebody that can prick and cut and tear and rip open the world. We don't want a God that doesn't even stand up for himself before Pilate. And all the good people are too busy. Edmund Burke once said, all that's essential for evil to triumph is for the good people of the world to do nothing. The thorns show up again. The sower of the seeds went out to sow seeds and the sower is God and he threw some on a hard path where the birds came and took it away and he threw some amongst the stone which grew up quickly but it had no root, so it fell away and died. He threw some amongst the thorns and it choked out their face and they didn't grow hardly at all. I threw some amongst the good soil which produced a hundredfold blessings of God. Why is it that so often we choose the thorns? We want to live among the thorns. We want to be with the thorns. We're impressed by the thorns. we wonder why we live in so much pain. What soil do we want to grow in? So often on this night we think of the most torturous thing that happened to Jesus was the nails that were driven through his hands. They drive those nails; it feels like they're driving nails through our very soul. But you know, the nails were an act of mercy, so Jesus would die quickly. The crown of thorns is a death by a thousand cuts. Do we live to the curse or do we live to Christ? Do we participate in the sacrifice of Christ or do we drive thorns into his skull and cause God to bleed out for our sin? The Bible says you don't pick figs or grapes from a thorn bush. Its only value is to burn So if we follow the thorns, we'll burn. But God offered something different. Something we couldn't understand on Good Friday. Something we can't understand until a couple days from now. The crown of thorns wasn't a prop. It wasn't just a little side mention thing. It's the whole point. We choose the thorns, we choose to jam it into our perfect God. We choose to make the thorns, the image we follow, plant ourselves in poor soil. Make the thorn bush our king. and crucify God.
5: On his right the other on his left jesus said
3: father forgive them for they do not
4: know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him they said he, he saved, saved others let him save himself if he is the christ of god the chosen one Don't you fear God, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom.
5: Jesus answered him,
4: I tell you the truth,
3: today you will be with me in paradise.
4: mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home.
5: From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all of them. standing there heard this, they said, He is calling Elijah.
4: Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty.
5: A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, Put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to jesus's lips when jesus had received the drink he said
3: it is finished
5: with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit
4: jesus called out with a loud voice father
1: into
3: your hands i commit my spirit
1: Thank you.
4: When Jesus had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely, he was the son.
3: We gather here in our sin. We gather here knowing we have pierced you with the thorns, with the nails, with our sin. We have killed our God. Lord, have mercy on our souls. Take away Sins is only you can do. Forgive us. Hold us for redemption. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and he went away.